Steve, and you're listening to 60 Cycle Hump. The buying, selling, trading, fixing, money, breaking, reviewing, blank podcast. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are. We're doing it again. That was the genty intro for all the gentlemen in the oh audience. My gosh. Does it, do we gent? Apparently we just tried to. <laughs> that didn't sound like gent to me. That sounded like a monster truck commercial. <laughs> this, what's the difference? <laughs> no, the genty part was... Speaking of commercials, we have a new merch product to hawk. Oh, yeah. Uh, 60 cycle hummus 60 cycle hummus you can dip your pita in there yeah you can put it on uh, some carrots or some uh, vegetables or something it's available in all of your local stores just go buy whatever hummus you usually buy and then use paint to slap on 60 cycle hummus in the photo yeah just like our, our listener David Chote did yep and it looks great it's perfect. He, he did his he did his best to reproduce the logo and everything. It looks perfect. Sixty cycle hummus, the the official snack of our podcast here. Yeah, yeah. I don't even like hummus though. <laughs> really? Yeah. You guys can eat it. I'm not into it. What is this? A food podcast? I wish. I'm. I'm. I love food. Mm. I just love to eat it. I love gold. <laughs> Isn't that weird that I love food? I think it's normal. Yeah. You're. Are you a foodie? Uh, I'm foodish. Foodish. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we jump straight into ads? Heck yeah. All right, first ad. Let me find it. The first ad. Are we doing the tuners? Yeah, we're doing I tuners. I got a toner for tuners. Uh, guitar tuners, $50. Two digital guitar tuners made by Korg, GA10, and a GA30, both for $40. Yo, yo, yo Ryan. <laughs> so there's I'm no happy for you. I'm going to let you finish. But the boss to you, too, is the greatest tuner of all time. Oh, my gosh. I'm not going to disagree with you. Uh, it looks like there's a price change somewhere along the line for this ad. But this ad just caught my attention because these days, if you've got a smartphone in your pocket... Uh, you got a tuner for free yeah. sitting right there. You just got to download the app. Uh, what app do you use? This is topical. What app do you use? Um, let me pull it up. ProTuner. ProTuner. Did you have to... Was that a free one or did you that pay was, for it? That was free. So I... Uh, how do you like it? Works just fine. Okay. Uh, does it? Is it like powered by ads? I think so. I don't know. I think there's a version that you can pay for that has more options. Are they just banners or or I'm just I'm because I'm let me look, pull it up. Okay, so anyway, I'm using Intrack Tuner and I'm really happy with Intrack for the most part. There's no ads on it. It just looks like a tuner. Oh, weird. Yeah. Uh, with Intrack, the issue is like I'll tune two strings and then it'll a po- full screen pop up comes up. No. I have to close and then tune like the next things i mean i use this at home anytime i'm playing live i've got a tuner that's terrible um but i use this at home like when i'm trying to tune a guitar like because i've just taken all the strings off to repair it or whatever um but yeah i i see the value in these pocket tuners but these are like five or ten dollar items now these were awesome in the 90s and early 2000s I have a Fender pocket tuner like yeah. this. Back, do you remember the these ca- are the kind that you, you keep in your acoustic guitar case because you've got an acoustic guitar, you know? Exactly. Do you remember the Fender? I think they called it California Cool series. Yeah, uh, where they were doing like all these like like clear orange colors. Yeah, clear orange colors and all this stuff. Well, they made a bunch of these their Fender tuners in sparkle red, sparkle blue, and sparkle gray. Uh huh. 
and I have the sparkle gray one and I got it with an acoustic guitar. Yeah. I bought an acoustic guitar as like a project and it was just happened to be in the case. Yeah. Um, $40 for two of these things. Uh, no way, dude. Definitely not flip city. Yeah. I, my very first tuner was a quick tune. It was a little black box with a little, uh, LCD screen. That I think it's probably better than the quick tune that I had. Uh, it worked just fine. The thing I like that I liked about it that I discovered is that if you would plug a quarter inch cable into it, it would turn it into a microphone. Right. If you just plug into the output and not into the input. Yeah. And so I had a lot of early experiments as a young guitar player, like using that as a microphone for things. Nice. Which was, you know, it, I'm sure it sounded awful, but I had a microphone. I was like, oh, cool. I have a microphone. I had a friend who actually used one because uh, you could use it as a send through. Uh-huh. Like you could just send through. And for some reason, I was thinking he actually was using it as like a preamp or something. Interesting. It wasn't the quick tune. It was a different model. Maybe I'm, I could be, I mean, this is literally 15 years ago. I'm trying to remember. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm probably wrong. Yeah. So anyways, don't pay $40 for two tuners. Pay $3 for a headstock tuner from Reverb. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you Those do these days. Those things are great. Or I'm get an app for your phone for free and don't worry about it. Reverb, um, you can only buy one of those tuners at a time. I really want to buy like... 10 of them. A 10 of them. Because leg legitimately, like the these things are, are like f three or four bucks. Uh -huh. They work really well. Um, the youth group at our church is starting a band and they have like three guitar players and a uh -huh. bass player, I think, maybe more. And I really want to like buy all of them a tuner. Yeah. I mean, at $3 a pop for those things, it's worth it just to have one around. So when you're in a situation where someone's out of tune and you're pissed off at them, you can just like pull it out of your bag and be like, hey, tune up your guitar, you asshole. <laughs> and then you, you've given them a tuner, but then you got to make a point, you know? Yeah. Like, where's your tuner? Everyone should have a tuner. I have an extra where one. Where is your tuner? Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Uh, who sent us this thing? Andrew Thomas. Uh, this is the 81 Gibson. Yeah. Uh -huh. This is an 81 Silverburst uh, Les Paul Custom. They want... Wait, who sent... So those tuners are from Dan Daniel Shields, right? Oh, the tuners are? I don't know. It says Dan SH. Yeah, that must be Daniel Shields. Okay. I forgot that, that someone sent those in. Uh, and it was Daniel Shields, obviously. Uh, and then the Gibson is from Andrew Thomas. Oh, this is going to be like a circular ad. But anyway, continue on. <laughs> circular? We'll talk about when we hit the last one. Okay. This amazing guitar is 100% original. Explanation, explanation, explanation point. It has some light wear. It plays like a dream. And sounds great. It comes with the original case highly collectible and very rare the case or the guitar it doesn't he doesn't say hmm. the case looks like there should be a gun in it like this I don't is, know if, that was the gibson case in the early 80s yeah it looks like a spaceship those things are weird yeah uh forty five hundred dollars firm no trades due to fraud and scammers i can no longer respond to email or text messages, please contact me what? by phone or stop by. Here's a phone number. Oh, and his address? That's bad. I wonder, maybe this is at a shop. Oh, it must be at a shop. Yeah, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Saturday. I have one over 100 guitars for sale from $80 to $1,500. I mean, yeah, $80. 
1500 15,000 dude okay i'm not gonna read the rest of his ad here um i wonder if this is another pawn shop situation where the guy's like trying to just get people to come in yeah um well this was from so andrew went to like nashville and sent us like a best of nashville list sort yeah of thing. we're gonna be we're gonna be uh suckling off that teat for a oh, long yeah. time did you already screen grab them all because you know oh, that stuff yeah. doesn't go, go down some all of right, them cool. i some of them i didn't get them but most of them i did get them. cool cool yeah so we're gonna we're gonna be doing a lot of andrew thomas stuff for probably a month or two nice um so 81 gibson a uh, silver burst 4500 dollars. silver burst is like one of those kind of desirable colors and I actually really dig the way this one has aged because it's yeah. almost like it reminds me of Antigua. Yeah, it's almost more like a, like what's a metal that's not gold but kind of a little bit more yellow. Like it's like tarnished know. silver, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a little bit more yellow. It's not just straight light. It doesn't look like a shark, which is what a lot of newer silver burst yeah. stuff can look like. It looks it looks classy now. It's got kind of like a cream binding on it now. It's, it's aged well but the reason that this caught my attention is because uh, 1981 that's the year of my birth oh um and i congratulations on being born Ryan. i know right i've always had this thought that maybe i should buy a guitar from the year that i was born and we can kind of age together uh i don't have any guitars i think that are older than me i think they should all be younger than me i have one guitar that's older than me um, I don't think I have any electric. I have some electrics that might be older than me. All right. I don't have any guitars that are older than me or my exact same age, but you know, this thing is obviously overpriced. Yeah. But that concept to me is something that I've been thinking about. Maybe I should get something that's the same age as me. And like, I can Mark Twain it. And like, when I die, like it's in my will that it dies too. You know, oh my gosh, I go, go out with the comet that I was born with. Did Mark Twain do that? He was born, uh, with the, with Haley's comet flying oh. over him. And then he died with Haley's comet gotcha. flying over him. So I could do the same thing with a guitar only in my will. It'd be like, someone has to smash this thing or put it through a wood chipper when I die. So I actually own, um, two, right now, two or th maybe three e-serial uh fenders okay from japan fender japan e-serial and they use the e-serial in japan from uh 1984 to 1987 so i potentially own three guitars from the year of my birth but i don't really know and i i've never sent those serials into fender to see if they have records i know they can verify date and year for fraud for like american strats and i think uh -huh. even mexican but i don't know if they go back to those weird ones like right that. totally but no one is anyone making fakes of those um not for the japanese necessarily but i mean they do make fakes in offenders uh, in general right but they're not going to make a fake e-series right but i don't know if they really tracked any of that close enough any closer than to be able to say yes it's real i don't know if they could say like right. oh your serial e0908774 or whatever um that is that was made in the fender factory in wherever japan on this date right totally gotcha but some people are really crazy on that stuff where they uh, figure out the date codes, especially I feel like for Gibsons more than yeah. anything else. Well, I think you were telling me earlier that people do that when they have like a new baby, like they'll buy a guitar 
that was yeah. made the day that it was born. Well, it's more like uh, it's more guitar players who want to like have something to pass on to their kid. Sure. Like think about uh, Paul Roney, right? Right. Uh, so I don't. So Paul and Wait, Megan, let's just think about him for a while. Yeah, let's just think about this. Hmm. Oh, Paul Roney. Yeah, <laughs> so so they so they have an Oceana Jr. a Roni Guitars Oceana Jr. Uh-huh. that um they that Paul and Megan built for their son Harlow. Okay. Uh and all I can really say about it is I wish I was Harlow. Yeah, no kidding. Cuz I picked up that guitar when I was at Cowarpalooza. Nice, oh, right? Oh, so butter. Yeah. So butter, uh, single pickup in the bridge. I didn't plug it in, but it was one of those guitars where I was feeling going like, I don't care what this guitar sounds like because I want to climb inside of it. (laughs) I just want to wear this guitar. It felt so good in my hands. Right, right. That's all I got. Yeah. (laughs) I think sometimes like, oh, which of my guitar is going to be the is the guitar that I give to my son. Like now you're going to learn and this is going to be the guitar that right. you get to say that it's yours, even though it's I'll mine. I'll loan you my Squire uh, Bullet One. Oh, nice. You just got to give it back to me when okay. he outgrows it. Uh, you loan me the Squire Bullet One, I'll use it and I'll let my kid use one of my guitars. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll probably stick him on the Duo Sonic or something first yeah. just because it's so small. But I wonder like which guitar of mine he would want to play with when he's a teenager, like in his first band or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What if he hates music? Yeah, he might. He might hate music. I mean, and art. What, not just hates music. What if he hates playing music? Like, what if he doesn't even want to play? Like, I hate music. Right. But I like playing music. Part of loving music is hating it. I, I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- you know, if he's not into it, I'm not going to push it. You know, he might be into sports or something, and I'll have to sit through a million sports games. Yeah. Whichever sports they might be. If uh, he loves sports, let's just trade kids. You can have Penelope, and uh, I'll (laughs) hang out with Henry. Uh, Okay. Problem solved. (laughs) Our kids will be like, hey, how come come I look like I belong to their family, (laughs) and their kid looks like they belong to you guys? Uh, don't worry about it. It, it. You know, it obviously works out better than that. Their kid looks like sports. Look, look, you don't like sports. Look, so. this is a craziest transaction that you just don't want to understand. <laughs> we don't have a receipt for this. We can't. You can't send you back. Double flip city. Right. How come I have memories of having different parents? Yeah. How come I'm 10 and you traded me for a, a five-year-old? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. All right, let's move on to the next ad. Yeah, this is the last ad. This is from Daniel Shields. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, where is it? Where is it? And where this is it? why it comes full circle, because we did Daniel Shields, Andrew Thomas, Daniel Shields. Oh, yeah. And as I mentioned... It's in a last, sandwich. As I mentioned in the last episode, they are like real-life friends. Yeah. Um, who may or may not be starting a guitar company together. Oh, <laughs> so nice. it's kind of like... It's like oh, we're nice. talking about their little organization over there. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, we're... What the freak? Do you want to try to read this? Uh, yeah, I'll try. All right. A uh, new Chinese uh, Zhurong? Zhurong? <laughs> uh, lute stringed guitar, $175. Uh, um, yeah. We don't know how to pronounce this word. I, thought, I tried to look it up. This is a Chinese instrument. I thought it was... Well, aren't uh, you like half Chinese or yeah, something? Yeah, I know, right? Steve, you're letting I us down. I should this to my mom. <laughs> Mom, um, what do you think? Yeah. Well, it's because she could look up what the actual Chinese word was and sure. maybe pronounce it. 
I thought it was uh, Jong Ron. It's softer than that. I listened to a video where someone pronounced it. Maybe. And it's soft. It's like Zhurong or something like that. Zhurong. Yeah, it's weird because it's, it's like... It's, it's almost a single syllable, Zhurong. It's weird because it's simultaneously... It's two words put together, uh-huh. but it's like it's one word. Right. It's it's cool looking. It's And I, I, I have seen people play these live, but I, I uh, did look up videos as a refresher and just as like a kind of have talking points about it basically yeah um it sounds very very close to a guitar yeah it is in that same wheelhouse it's a traditional chinese instrument it's fretted it's got four strings it's got a wood top like a uh like an acoustic guitar but then it's got kind of like a banjo shape with a, a round body but it sounds very similar to what you would get from the low strings of like a classical guitar it's got kind of that that plucky sort of sound. I think the frets might even be to Western scale. Yeah, this one is uh, 18 frets. The ones I was looking at on Craigslist were uh, like, or on Wikipedia when I was reading about it, were like 23 frets, I think. Uh-huh. Or maybe it's a 23 fret scale. But or this, 23 inch scale. I don't remember. I know that they come in various sizes. Yeah, and they are tuned. Uh, one of the common tunings for these is... Um, is like mandolin tuning, uh-huh. uh, GDAE, I think, maybe, but an octave lower, I suppose. Sure. So I get this is yeah. a kind of instrument too that the on the ones that I've seen the frets are very high. Oh yeah, like almost the, what you would think on like a, a scalloped neck. So you can kind of play around with really intense bends. Oh yeah, and which which plays into being a, a Chinese instrument because they play around with uh, semitones that we just don't use yeah. in our Western this scale. This is actually a Chinese orchestral instrument. Yeah. It's like they actually use these in orchestras. Um, and speaking of Chinese orchestras, did you see what's new on Netflix? Uh, oh, uh, Kung Fu Hustle? Kung Fu Hustle. Yeah, that's, oh, that man. movie is tight. It went straight to my list. I don't know when I'm going to watch it. I'm probably yeah. going to have to watch it in chunks because... I, now, I is it the subtitled one or is it dubbed? I don't know. If don't it's know. dubbed, I'm not down. I'll just I'll just pop in my DVD. But yeah. uh, if uh, it's subtitled, I'm all down for I'm it. I'm hoping it's subtitled. Yeah, the dubbed one's not good. I've watched... Yeah, I've watched it... Um, this is a total aside, but we'll, I'll just say this before we get to a little self-promotion. Excuse me. Um, we weren't going to do burps anymore, Steve. Sorry. And you just did it. Um, at least you're not chewing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I really don't like dubs. Yeah. Or rather I don't, yeah, I really don't like dubs. Um, and the thing that I found is that even with with uh, subtitled eight, uh, foreign films, I, I watch a lot of like martial arts films. Sure, was well, it Wushi or Wushu, whatever. Who they call doesn't it. watch a lot of martial um, arts films? And there's something about like there's something about the subtitled versions where I feel like wh- whoever is reading the subtitle like doesn't understand the emotion of the scene. Yeah, you you lose the inflection. So when it's subtitled, you can hear the original actor giving the intended emotional inflection and read the words that they're saying and get more information that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think there are some like older movies that work with subtitles just because it plays into the camp a little bit. Like I don't want to watch, you know, like the like fifth or eighth 
Godzilla movie with subtitles. I want those dubs, you know. I right. Want, I want the cheese effect to it. Yeah, yeah. But when I'm watching Jet Li's hero, yeah, I want all the emotions. You don't want to hear some guy when I'm watching with House an American of, accent. Yeah, when I'm watching House of the Flying Daggers, I want all the emotions. Yeah, totally. Because that's what makes that's part of what makes those films so good. Is that like they're really well written and also they're awesome. Yeah, and they're well acted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is, are we done talking about this now? <laughs> yes. I, well, do we have anything else to say about uh, buying Chinese folk instruments or, or classical instruments? I think we're done. I don't mean I don't know what to add about it. It looks neat. It looks like this to me. It looks fun because it's it's re- this model is relatively cheap, 175 bucks. Uh, it's it's built around a western scale with the frets so you could pick this up and jump on it it's not like other uh kind of chinese stringed instruments or like japanese stringed instruments where it's uh a huge learning curve mm-hmm. there's no bows involved it's a plucking right. instrument it's not like an air who yeah it air who? it's almost it's of? it's very similar to a guitar and i think it's interesting that something so similar to a guitar uh was developed in a completely different culture than where guitar came from yeah and you think about kind of western stringed instruments and guitar kind of stand kind guitar stands as an outlier of fretted instruments there's not a lot of fretted stringed instruments in western culture like you think about violins and cellos and it's really just guitars like banjos and and mandolins banjos and mandolins and now electric basses but originally are mountain dulcimers fretted technically but that isn't that like an American thing? Sure, it's it's relatively recent. But so are banjos and mandolins. Banjos are, I think, mandolins are have a European. Okay, root. yeah, probably. Uh, are but, lutes fretted? I don't. Maybe. Yeah, I think lutes are. But lutes are the predecessor of the guitar. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. So that's it's just kind of out of that family tree and you don't see people playing lutes a lot anymore let's be honest so it's just interesting uh an instrument you think you think of kind of chinese instruments as being very foreign and being kind of inaccessible and this is an instrument that is very accessible to a western ear yeah uh and looks very playable to a western ear i'd I'd recommend looking at videos for these things they look like a lot of fun to me yeah it's spelled z h o N G R U A N. You just did that from memory. I'm very I proud did. of you. I watched you. I've seen <laughs> if you were looking at your screen. Uh, even if I was looking at my screen, I don't have the ad up. So. All right. Uh, well, we're going to move on from ads. Uh, let me pause this for safety's sake, and we'll be right back to talk about what we're going to do. Yeah. Okay. We are uh, back from our safety save, and we just did a, we just a little bit of a setup here. We're going to do a big muff shootout. Yeah, we're talking about fuzz. Fuzz is, and we've got two. We're going to do something new that we haven't done yet. Is I've got a switchblade here from Electro Harmonics, and Steve and I are both going to play. He's got a Telecaster with a humbucker in the bridge. I've got a Stratocaster <laughs> with uh, those pickups that we got from Michael Lodge. Yeah, Nordstrands. Yeah, that are well, they're not Nordstrands, right? Technically, they're like his crazy creation. Yeah, that's true. Um, but they they sound very Straty. Here I am. We're playing through the Quilter. Here, I'll let Steve play. Now you get to hear the difference between yeah, Steve and Mike. Yeah, that's a uh, Seymour Duncan, I believe, custom the SH5. 
All right, and we have three big muffs here. First of all, we're, we've so many muffs. We were sent the green vodka by McCaffrey Audio uh, to do a review of and do a demo of. We have a video up on YouTube, so look for that. And uh, we also are doing this right now as part of the review. Yeah, and we're gonna shoot it out against Adam Powell's uh, Sovtech Russian Big Muff here. These, I think you can get these on eBay anytime for like 120. I have no idea. These are like the old big black box, yellow text, uh, the Big Muff Pie. And then we have a clone here built by listener of the show, Megan Lee, mm-hmm. um, that has, uh, I don't know if it has any mods to it. It's just, yeah. it, it says co- it's an op amp. So I don't know if that's, I don't know. A lot about mu- the big muff circuit, so I don't know if that's different. Right, we don't know what we don't w- know what's unique about yeah. her. It's definitely a big fuzz sound. I think this is the guitar PCB uh, build that you can buy from Mammoth Electronics, but again, right. not a hundred percent sure. And so basically, what we're going to try to do is show the uh, show the details or the the features of the green vodka, which is I think it's a great big muff clone. Honestly, it has some extra settings and features that the other two more standard big muffs don't. Yeah. Um, And we're also going to just kind of dick around and do a (laughs) big muff shootout. Here we we go. You know, this is going to be fun. So let me just jump on my guitar in between the muffs real quick. Are you doing bridge pickup? I am doing the the bridge. All right. So this is all going to be kind of like a lot of lead tone kind of bridge pickup kind of stuff. So. All right. Here is the green vodka. Yeah. All right, so that was the green vodka. Here's Megan Lee's take on a big muff. And then let's try the uh, the Russian big muff. Now you want to run through with the humbucker? Sure. <laughs> I don't know. All right, so that was the green vodka. Here's Meg Lee's. And then on to the Russian. All right, we definitely have different playing styles. That's oh yeah. <laughs> um, these I'm awesome. <laughs> and well, these all they they sound they all sound like big muffs, obviously, but each one does have a little bit of a different flavor to it. Yeah, um, I feel like the green vodka and the the electro harmonics are similar ish. Like, I feel like the electro harmonics is closer to like your kind of chaotic, freaked out fuzz sort of sound. Right. Where the, I feel like the green vodka has a really tight kind of like lead centric sound. Right. But I feel like Meg's is just this, like if I was in a sun or a Mogwai kind of a style band, like it's just a huge sound.
Meg said she wanted me to play a Smashing Pumpkins. Oh my gosh! Riff. Well, that is the signature muff riff for them, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, was that on a muff or was that on the uh, on the Fender Blender? Oh, I don't. I always thought it was. I thought I know that they played. I always think of Smashing Pumpkins as muff. Yeah, I think they used a Fender Blender on something, but I don't remember which. It was probably the big muff. Uh, let's let's go through the features of uh, the Green Vodka. Get the sustain and the tone at noon, and uh, the beef knob. I mean, the beef switch and the pass switch are both turned all the way to the right. So something I really like about this thing is how much brightness is on tap. Like I can, you can dial the tone all the way down, and you get that signature deep muffy yeah. sort of thing. But then the brightness, you have so much here. So if you want to do like a bright thing as an effect, it's it's there for you. Let me go to a normal setting and we'll see how far the sustain goes, the, the drive knob. All right, that sounds pretty good. So light, it sounds like this. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty cut. It's it, cut pretty hard. Yeah, it almost takes the signal out how, how low it is. So let's do more like a 10%. That's not bad. Nope. That's a nice, uh, light, fuzzy sound. Now let's go extreme. Let's go all the way. And it gives you a ton of drive like it almost gets into like kind of distortion ter territory yeah the w and i feel like it gets more into distortion territory just because how kind of tight and clean this muff is it's a really um it's a really definitely like you described it earlier i think almost as like controlled versus the muff yeah the other one uh i can definitely see that i i really like the way it sounds it's really not I'm not, uh, when it comes to fuzz, like, I've never really used a, f a muff a lot. Right. Um, the fuzz I have is a Fox Tone Machine clone. Yeah, nothing's... So it's a completely different sound. Nothing's nutty. Um, so I think in, in some ways I was expecting it to be a lot dirtier. Yeah, I was... Well, Adam uses the, uh, the electroharmonics here, and when he uses it, he does this crazy, like, noise thing where... There's hissing and splattering all over right. the place. This is a the green vodka is just a much more focused, like lead centric, kind of like clean playing sort of sound. That I think if if you're looking for that in a muff and you've been dissatisfied with other muffs, this is the the one to go for. Mm -hmm. Let's play with the beef switch a little bit. Here, get my volume back. Kind of a normal setting, and I'll switch to the beef mid strum. Very subtle. Yeah. I'm not sure you'll even be able to get that all over the mic. Yeah, it's ver a very subtle setting here. Um, I should turn the sustain down. Yeah, I don't know if you can tell the difference there. I'll mess with the pass, and I'll just strum it and let and let it go. There's a middle setting. Oh, and there's all the way to the left, which gives you kind of like a almost more bass. Yeah, it's just a little bit of a different voicing flavor 
There's three positions on the pass. Like, it feels like there's more base on the left, something brighter in the middle, and then, like, something maybe a little bit more mid. Yeah, wasn't that basically how the, uh... The... Uh, what was the compressor called? The fusion? The reactor. Oh, the reactor. Yeah. Like, the switch on that was kind of similar where... It's very you had subtle. a couple of different positions, but they are very subtle, and it was, like, more bass, some bass, and then normal in the middle. Yeah, but then it was, like, they're subtle in the way where... I feel like they do make a big difference when you're really trying to get that specific sort of thing going on. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, they're not extreme differences here but i think this is a really great sounding big muff i don't have any other fuzzes that are this focused and right. so i've been using this a lot kind of for lead work where i'll put uh like a delay or a reverb behind it mm -hmm. and to just make it kind of sing it's a great singing fuzz like you throw yeah. it on your neck pickup and you do kind of you know like that kind of singing lead like i was just talking about let me see if i can Yeah, it's a very singy, uh, it's a very musical fuzz. Yeah, totally. And a lot of fuzzes are just kind of like in your face. It's not, it doesn't splat anywhere. Like it's very focused right. and tight. I like it. Let's give an example. Well, you do know, you want me to switch over to you? It sounds great to me. Yeah. Um, but what I was thinking is let's switch over to the standard EHX Big Muff and kind of... Oh, it's definitely a lot more like, like high-end grit and yeah. kind of like... I do feel like with single note runs, they sound... A like there's a there's an obvious difference. They're big muffs still. They're yeah, still big. Muff they're still circuits. muffs. And like I said, I feel like maybe with with the one that Meg built, and maybe it's a different circuit. And that's one of the things with so many muffs on the market. Um, I mean, you've got like small font, tall font, yeah, totally. Rams head, well, even this one, that one. Just within electroharmonics, there's like a million variations. That, that's what I mean. So when you're buying somebody's version of a big muff. Who knows? I mean, they they can usually tell you which version that they kind of started with, right? Um, but there's there's all these little subtle differences. But that's that's just the story of fuzzes in general. Like how many fuzz faces are out there and variations of fuzz faces? Right. You know, it, little tiny differences in the circuits on these things make a huge difference. Um, and it's like if you're looking for something, you could be on a journey for a long time with a fuzz. Oh yeah, trying to find that perfect fuzz for what you're trying to do. You gotta find that fuzz life. <laughs> so this is actually I just rolled the tone all the way off. Uh huh. Maybe that's what I was missing. Switch back to the McCaffrey. 
So I think this actually, is why Steve is a bass player. I think now that I've rolled the tone off, it sounds more like what I've in my head. I think it should sound like sure. So I mean that's really great. It just means that there's a lot of a lot of just gain on tap and a lot of oh, drive yeah. on tap. I just said the same thing. <laughs> We're using different buzzwords. It's a you know it's I think it's a good starting point for any kind of fuzzy signal. Not any kind, but this specific kind of fuzzy signal. Let me do some experimenting here. I've got the neck pickup selected and the tone all the way down, and then the brightness all the way up on the green vodka. Still a little bit too bright. Let me mess around with this. Oh, there's a problem. I had the bridge selected. Yeah, that was a song that came out right around when I was learning guitar. So really, yeah. So I know how to play it. I'm kind of sad I actually <laughs> never learned how to play any of their stuff. Uh, yeah, you don't really need to. <laughs> so I'll switch back passes. to you if you want. Uh, should we mess around with with Meg's big muff here? performance steve <laughs> oh yeah i feel like meg's has a really like compelling drive to it the the tone on it almost has like a filter yeah. sound to it like especially on the higher settings it almost gets into like a rat territory where it's like got a cocked walk kind of thing okay. happening yeah like i said i feel like it's kind of like an entirely different pedal let me yeah it's it's a way different voicing let me let me see if I can find that filter sound. Yeah, it's like a, a very filtered sound. Where I feel like the tone on the green vodka and the electroharmonics big muff is is a very different structure. Sounds like a uh, AM radio. That thing's heavy though. That's a heavy sounding fuzz. Let's let's mess around with that.
very doomy, you know? Here, I'll switch you back on, Steve, if you want to mess with it. Yeah, it's just really big and... I'm just hitting random things yeah, over here. Yeah, you are. <laughs> it's fun. Let's uh let's check out the uh, the range on the electroharmonics here. Steve that was a good one hooray yeah I feel like yeah we say I feel like so many times well I do anyways but anyways my feeling is that the electroharmonics is more muffled sounding it's not right. as clear sounding of a circuit or a drive as the other two muffs we have here uh, it definitely doesn't have the range on the tone knob uh, going into brightness that the green vodka does and i don't think it has as much brightness as uh, as meg's version does the but the the low end of the tone knob i think is a better sound than the low end on meg's that's that's more of like your classic like, you could use this for a bass guitar sort of setting. Steve is grabbing a beer right now, but he's nodding very hard. He's like, yes, yes, use it on a bass. And I think that's why Adam bought this pedal. I think he read somewhere that these are excellent bass pedals. just a lot of range there yeah it's on, a, on the low end and it definitely feels like it's not losing anything yeah it's a good tight low but then the rest of it is just kind of the rest of the frequency sweep on it is just kind of muddy territory and I feel like that's just mud like that's just gonna get lost in the mix it's kind of like that classic big muff like metal mid scoop thing where if you don't really have a specific game plan in mind when you do it yeah it's it's you put 30 warm bodies in the room and it's gone the right. front, the front row hears it. Right. No one else hears it. It just becomes a bass thing. But that's why this is a great bass pedal. Yeah. The other two are, I think, are m much stronger guitar pedals. Sure, I can see that. Yeah. And uh, Megs is very fun, but I honestly, if I had to choose, I think I'd go with the green vodka for my uses. 
Yeah. I don't know about you. Uh, for bass, I don't know, man. For bass, I think you should go with the electroharmonics for sure. I haven't m plugged the bass into the green vodka. I think I'd have to try them all on bass okay. and kind of and kind of figure that out. And I mean, that's just not something we're equipped to do right now. Maybe nope. once we get the acoustic back, we can start doing gear demos, and I'll just play bass instead yeah. of yeah, instead totally. of uh, guitar. That's probably I'll, I'll what we both. should be doing. It's <laughs> having you play bass. <laughs> yeah, but if I feel like if we put bass through that cab, it yeah. might do we, some damage. We'd have to do a separate uh, another setup here. We yeah. get a more involved switcher. Um, <laughs> this thing has been great though. I'm loving this switchblade. Yeah, it's we, fun. We we're, used this for the uh, for the quilter demo last week. Yeah, and we're gonna use it on some mini sods to do some uh, other stuff. So. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. I'm really loving being able to switch between guitars here into one amp. Yeah, or into one pedal chain, basically. And yeah, no, just like switching me off whenever you're like, "All right, that's enough." Yeah, stop, Steve. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've, I think we've covered all the features of the green vodka. Uh, do you know what price point these are at? I, I feel I do like not. I feel like all their stuff is kind of like one sixty-ish. Yeah, that that's been pretty consistent. I don't know. It's standard uh, pricing it for, is, but yeah, standard pricing for like a boutique type of thing. You can look it up if you're curious. The McCaffrey Audio Green Vodka, uh, it's, it's pretty too. It's got a nice green Russian theme going on. Uh, we have a video for it that's really fun, really fun theatrical intro on there. <laughs> uh, on the YouTube, don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, it's one eighty. It's 180. Yeah, close enough. You could probably pick these up on the used market for 160, like I was saying. Yeah. But 180 is not bad. Yeah, so we'll have the video up uh, pretty soon. Is it going to be before this episode drops, actually? Yeah. All right. Um, so that, the video is always a little preview of this. Yeah. Um, so uh, if you're looking for a fuzz, like a big muff style fuzz that's tight and kind of lead centric, I think this is a good direction. If you're looking for a big muff, that's wild and hairy and kind of like you've got a mad dog on a leash. I don't think that this is that flavor, but there's room for thousands of flavors of big muffs out there. And this is one of them. And I think it does a good job of it. Yeah. All right. Do we want to talk about some other stuff? Uh, I think so. Here, could you turn off the amp real quick? Sure. Just because it's making some noise and is bothering me. All right, let's talk about crowdfunding. It probably would have stopped if you turned the muff off. Oh, yeah, I had the muff on. <laughs> All right, we're, we're still running our uh, crowdfunding campaign. If of course. You, if you guys want to send us money, we're going to use that money to do some really fun things here in the future. We're going to make some merch that will be sent to you if you are a pledger at a certain level. And yeah. if not, then... Uh, that merch will just be available for you to buy. And then also we're going to try to save a bunch of this money and use it to finance some really incredible coverage of winter Nam. Yeah. What we're planning on doing is, I mean, we, we don't live far away from Anaheim, but it's far enough away that we're not going to drive there and then back every single day to do coverage. Yeah. We went one day, this last year we want to do all the days this year what we're planning on doing is either getting a, a a hotel room and having it being like our base of operations or if we have enough funds uh like getting a condo through airbnb yeah some kind of rental vacation home sort that, of deal that we're hoping will be walking distance from nam 
Yeah. And then we'll be able to kind of grab builders and various people at NAM. We need candy. Everyone loves candy. Everyone loves candy. And then bring them back to our, our lair. Our lair. And we will have interviews and do fun. In the dungeon. And do little demos with them. And just be able to, you know, do some really fun stuff and have some really just complete and unique coverage of the event. Because... It just wasn't enough going yeah. one day last year. We maybe saw like a fifth of everything that was there. Yeah. And it would be just great to be able to slow down, take it easy. Uh, I don't know if you'd be able to get off those extra days for work, but I'd be able to be there the full four days. I could probably, it goes what, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I think. Yeah. I could probably at least do Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah. So I might show up for... I heard Wednesday's kind of garbage anyway. I don't know if that's true. It's like people are setting up the whole time, so oh, it's not yeah. really fun. But I don't know. But then it might be a good time for me to get up there and start working on what we're going to yeah. do. Line, or line up some some interviews and stuff. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. So that's kind of what we're thinking we'd like to do if we get enough funds flowing through the crowdfunding and through the advertising that we've been doing for people. Um, so look us up on Podbean. The links are there. We also yeah. will be posting the links on the Facebook group every time we talk about it in an yeah. episode. I think they'll probably be added onto our YouTube channel as well, youtube.com slash 60 cycle humcast. Oh, yeah, good thinking. Uh, I will add that into... I, I try to make an effort whenever we post a video to put all of the links to our Facebook group, our Instagram, uh-huh. Twitter, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, etc. We do everything. It's yeah. ridiculous. That way, you know, whatever platform you're on, you can check us out. Yep, totally. All right, well, I think this has been a great episode. Yeah. Uh, let's wrap it up. Right. Uh, oh, uh, we've last got a thing. song. Well, we were drinking this episode. Oh, yeah, uh, and I've got another beer here. I haven't even tried it yet because I'm still finishing the yeah. last one. This is a new Glarus Brewing Company, the Moonman No Coast Pale Ale. Uh-huh. Uh, this is from Wisconsin. This is like a local brew from Wisconsin, I guess. It smells good. Um. And it is from Arthur Ingraham. Uh-huh. And uh, we, sent this. we are going to be doing a, a review of his very special pedal coming up very soon. Yeah. So be on the lookout for that on YouTube and on our podcast. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's going to be great. All right. All right, guys. Uh, song this week is from uh, listener D. His name is just D. I don't have any other uh, like last name. His last names. name is Fuzz. Oh, D Fuzz. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's who he is on on Facebook. Um, His band is Electric West. The song is Portland. He wants to play shows with my band. I think it's a great idea. Uh, He's up in LA. So enjoy, guys, and we'll see you next week. Yep.